dreamers A happy scrappy group of believers So come, play a part There's room for mistakes and masses and art Who cares if there's not many takers We're doing it for the makers Hey everybody, welcome to the For the Makers podcast I hope everybody is doing so, so well today You guys, thank you for being here. Season three. Season three. That's insane. Yeah, time's a flying. Truly just speeding down the runway. I don't know where that came from, but... Just speeding down the runway. Just as fast as humanly possible. Um, But you guys, um, thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you are enjoying our interviews as much as we are enjoying making them. Um, Artists are just so cool, and it's been really inspiring um, to have our friends on, and hopefully you feel inspired to go and make your own art or um, go see a show or watch a film or listen to music, Um, but we hope it's inspiring you. Um, You guys, I'm so sorry. We did not introduce ourselves. Hopefully you know who we are by now, but if you don't, uh, my name is Lee Beth Etheridge. I am one of your hosts, and I'm also here with the one and only... Rachel Gifford. Hey, girl. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) Are you good? Yeah. I love that we just have, like, we've set our way for these intros and we're, like, not going back. We shall not deviate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a big old surprise when we do one day. Yeah, exactly. Let's jump right into it because we have truly an incredible artist on our podcast today. Yeah. This, This resume is, like, stacked. Yeah. We love her so much. It's just so fun to have her with us today. Rach, can you introduce our um, our friend to the people? Yeah. Um, today, we have Brianna Katari Barnes on the podcast. And Brianna, I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> read your bio. You're really excited about this. <laughs> I'm just pretend this isn't awkward while I watch you. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Brianna Katari Barnes works professionally as an actor, singer, songwriter, and composer lyricist. She was a 2021 finalist for the Jonathan Larson Grant. Come on. I, yeah. That, just that intro. Yeah. In we can just, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Just wait. Her debut album, Herophanies, Manifestations of the Sacred, made the first round on the 2021 Grammy Awards ballot for consideration under Best Contemporary Christian Album, period. Sure. Her recent writing credits include the book, music, and lyrics for Rathskeller, A Musical Elixir, cool title, which was recently featured in the She Atlanta Summer Theater Festival and the music and lyrics for the Drama Desk-nominated off-Broadway musical, Walking with Bubbles, Heck yeah. which won the Off-Broadway Alliance Award uh, winner for Best Solo Performance. Amazing. Yeah, insane. Um, Brianna w- uh, has performed professionally around the country at Florida Studio Theater. The Is it the Engman Theater? The Engman Theater. The Engman yes. Theater. Cool. The Wick Theater, Theater Aspen, and Capitol Repertory Theater, and starred as Lucy in the national tour of A Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> She is headed to Malt's Jupiter Theater this winter to play Carol King in beautiful The Carol King Musical. Brianna, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm like almost like, where do we even start? (laughs) Because I have so many questions and I'm so excited to get to all of it. First of all, most recently, I just have to, because LB and I 
uh, went and saw Walking with Bubbles. Yep. And I just have to say congratulations because that Thank was you. such a beautiful, beautiful piece of theater. And I'm so glad, A, that New York has gotten to witness it and B, that it got extended. Yeah. Like that in and of itself is just like huge. And then all of the nominations and the awards, yeah. it's just awesome. So yeah. can you tell us about that a little bit first? Yeah. How it started, how you got involved? Yes, I love that. Um, so in 2021, I had just started dipping my toe into musical writing. I had mm -hmm. been songwriting since I was like a little girl, but only ever just songs for me, like yeah. just stuff that I felt like I wanted to write a song about. Yeah. Um, so Rathskeller had come along that year and Jessica Hendy, who we kind of like knew of each other. We both went to um, CCM in Cincinnati, Ohio, but like yeah. 20 years apart. Right. Um, she was looking for a composer for a play that she had written. Um, she had written a memoir and was turning it into a stage play and thought that she wanted like one or two songs. So we were both, yeah, <laughs> just one a or casual two. one just or two. two. Yeah. And uh, she and I were both singing at a 54 Below concert yeah. in like, I think it was like October of that year. And I sang an original song and she said that she, these are her words, not mine. She kept having a voice in her head tell her, Brianna Barnes, you need to talk to Brianna Barnes. Yeah. Wow. And then we did that concert together and she heard that song and she said, that's when I finally decided I wanted to reach out to you. Oh my so gosh. she bought me coffee and she handed me her paper script, which I love. Yes. As, as a paper I love lover. That. Yes. Sorry, planet earth. It's just nothing like the real paper. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, there truly really is. Holding it in your hands. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um, and she was like, write the music for this only if you're inspired, read it and tell me mm. if you're inspired. And the, that's you both cool. saw the show. Yeah. It's incredibly inspiring her story. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, wait, there's more than one song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Did you know that from the get go? Like reading it? Oh, you were like, as soon as I read it, song, I started like song. circling moments of like, oh, this, this, this has to be a song. Yeah. Like, this needs to be sung. Uh, my favorite thing about songwriting is like figuring out the concept, like the oh, way cool. in. So it's fun with a musical. It's like, okay. We know that this moment should be a song, but like, what's the way in? So then I just kind of like pitched those to her. Mm. And she was so generous in just kind of letting me kind of start. She wasn't like, I want a song here and I want a right. song. Yeah. Um, so then we just, yeah, we got to go through the process of, I just took it one at a time. I would spend a couple days like working on something and then I'd like send her a little demo and like be on edge all day waiting oh for like what she thinks. Yeah. And we just like do that process over and over again. And she'd give me feedback or, um, wow. yeah, it was wow. very, very cool. And we took the show, we did our first reading of it, um, at open jar studios in the spring. So we worked together only about six months Wow! before we presented that. This and past spring. Yes. In 2020. No, 2022. 20 okay. Okay. And then that summer we went to Forestburg uh, Playhouse. They have a new works festival. So cool. we took it there, worked cool. on a little more, did a little more developing. And then we did one more reading in October. And that's when we found our producers, uh, Tom and Michael <sighs> Dangora, who were like, okay, we want to help you guys. We've got the AMT theater and we want to like 
put this thing in the AMT on 45th street and do it off Broadway for a run. And we were like, Oh my gosh. So it has felt like a whirlwind. Yeah. Tom and Michael. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yes. Because we need more theater like this. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. And like a fun, just like the behind the scenes theater of it all is like they're we like went out to dinner with them and they literally to our face were like, we can't, we love you, but we just can't help you right now. Like we're so busy. Our, our, st- our deck is so stacked. Like yeah. <laughs> we just, we can't, we love you, but we can't. And like, so the original was like a no, which I feel like is wow. such a, like a lesson. Yeah. yeah. But then we just kept kind of staying in the back of their minds, I guess. And wow. they just like made it happen. I didn't know that, that it was originally a no. It was originally a no. That's crazy. And then they just took a total chance on us. So yeah, we really, Tom and Michael, if you ever listen to this, we owe you everything. Yeah. So were you working on Rathskeller at the same time? I had just finished Rathskeller, the music and lyrics. Okay. But then uh, I took over the book for Rathskeller at the end of last year which was kind of at the same time that Walking with yeah, Bubbles wow. was developing for this off-Broadway production. So we'd done the bulk of the yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but you know, like putting it yeah. on a stage requires kind of a different totally. approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they were kind of sort of at the same time-ish. I'm, they're very okay. much living in both worlds and they are so different. Yeah, so. <laughs> right, right. I, I was about to ask, like, what do you feel like was the major difference. I mean, now you're writing the book, the lyrics and the music for Rathskeller, which is like wild, truly wild. And so it's like, what, how do you feel like, do you feel like there is a massive difference even in development of these two pieces? Um, Cause they are very separate entities, very different styles even. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I, couldn't have done Walking with Bubbles had I not done Rathskeller. Oh, cool. So I actually feel like that was such like divine timing mm-hmm. of, I didn't know if I could do Rathskeller. Like I had never written a song for anyone else. Right. So right, like, right. I just didn't know what that felt like. And I didn't know if I could do it. And I told them that when they wanted to hire me, I was like, I'm happy to try this. <laughs> yeah. But like, just so you know, like yeah. you're taking a risk. I'm taking a risk. Right. Um, but I, now looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, I would have never been able to do the work on walking with bubbles if I had not have like, uh, stretched this muscle totally gotten good at that. And like gone through that process of pitching a song and then please hold while we deal with some technical difficulties. And we're back. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for um, going on that journey with us. I we want had to do a little chord change out, a little, you know, beep, boop, beep. I wanted to say live theater, you know? Yeah. I know. Unfortunately. But unfortunately. <laughs> live is, podcasting. Yeah. I thought the exactly. same thing and I was like, dang it. I can't. I can't. We can't make that, that joke. Yeah. 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 I have to figure out technology. Yeah. Um. Okay, Brianna, I have so many more questions about just kind of like your writing process, but I do want to go to our first question because I feel like that'll help us get to this point. So you have so many disciplines that you kind of like, um, that that you do. Um, So how did you get into the arts? And then my follow-up to that question 
is how did you get into all of these other like pockets? Was that from <laughs> the beginning or what was your in? Talk, yeah. Speaking of ins too. Great yeah. question. Um, so my whole family is very musical. Um, I grew up uh, doing a ton of church music. My parents were like music ministers when I was growing up. They're not anymore. Um, so music was very much like a part of our upbringing and the way we connected, the way we connected with our faith. Um, and everybody on like both sides of my family either sings or plays an instrument. Like I'd say like 99%. That's cool. So that was like in the air and like in the, in my blood. Um, and my mom says that I did like start writing songs I think she said in like second or third grade. Wow. I just write these little, like just little, like, like for the, pl- like on the playground, like we had like, uh, this was when Cheetah Girls yes. came out. Oh so my that gosh, was like, yeah. like everyone's like high school musical. It's like, no, no, no. First, no. Cheetah she, girls. it was Cheetah Girls. And yeah. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> and I had been singing. Um, but then that was when I was like, okay, like we're going to put a little girl group together on the playground. I'm yes. going to write the songs and this girl's going to make the dances and we're going to be, yeah. Yeah. Oh so, uh, yeah. So I had been singing. Um, and then we moved from South Florida to, uh, Ohio when I was in fifth grade and my mom saw like an ad in the newspaper for this like kids theater program. And we, Everyone was musical in the family, but no one had ever done like acting okay, or anything with theater. And she just like wanted us to like make friends and be involved in yeah. something. And mm-hmm. we were like really having a hard time adjusting. They were like such different worlds that we had moved from and then into. And my brother and I both just like loved it. Wow. And really like that just became a huge part of our life. Um, just doing these like after school community theater yeah, productions nice. and I remember in high school I played volleyball and it got to the point where like my sophomore year I either was like okay it's either varsity volleyball yeah. or Dorothy and the Wizard of yeah. Oz <laughs> Whoa. and my mom was like <laughs> I still tease her about this today she's like honey you're never gonna play volleyball because now I do play volleyball in our neighborhood right. every Saturday yes. in Washington <laughs> Oh my gosh, but I love that. Hilarious. Yeah, she was right. She, I did the right thing. Oh um, my gosh. So, yeah. So, I'm like, what was your question? So you chose yeah. Dorothy. So chose Dorothy. Yeah. And uh, had still been like writing songs and stuff in my bedroom, like while doing all of that. And then when it came time to figure out like what I wanted to do um, with my like college path and mm-hmm. career, I really thought I was like going to go to Nashville and do like the singer songwriter thing and maybe like be a worship leader at a big church and do music like in kind of the church world. And, um, I just remember, (laughs) I just remember praying about it and God having this sense from God being like, I've got enough people doing that. Mm. I actually want you to go over here Wow, and kind of mixed with, uh, I was working with a vocal coach at the time, uh, who was like, Brianna, I think you could do, I think you could do theater if you wanted to. And I was like, really? At that point I was like, do people do that? Like I was so green, like so ignorant to how I thought that was just like for fun. That was never going to be like the thing, the path. And my parents were like, you're only going to pursue this if you get into like a really good school because it seems way too hard. And like, 
that's the only way. And yeah. then I got into a great school and they're like, okay, I guess we're do- you're doing this. Wow. Um, but to answer your question about like the different disciplines, I guess having said all that, you I did was, start young. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say that I didn't think of myself as like a multi-hyphenate or whatever until recently, but yeah. I guess I kind of have been always writing music mm-hmm. and then like also doing the theater thing. Yeah. And they just kind of took different, um, sometimes like one would go on the back burner and the other one would kind of come forward and there would just kind of be like this ebb and flow. And yeah. I feel like that's very much still been the case with my journey. Mm-hmm. And COVID really like took one and just like shoved it to the back (laughs) and shoved the other one to the front. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of just like learning how to be okay Mm. with, um, what those different seasons look like and being like, okay, just because I'm in a season where I'm doing more songwriting doesn't mean that I'm not an actor anymore. Yeah. Or just because I'm doing a lot of theater right now doesn't mean that I can never write a song again. Yeah. And I think the world really likes its its categories and its labels. Mm -hmm. And I think people that like to do a lot of things kind of struggle with that like identity crisis sometimes. Um, And kind of, I even feel like I struggle with like imposter syndrome, Mm. even though it's like the things that you do. Right. But it's like when you're doing the one thing for so long, I remember like I got my first uh, performing contract after COVID. It had been like three years since I'd been in a show and I was like, oh my God, like, do I know how to do this yeah, anymore? Yeah. But it's like, of course you do. Right. It just hasn't been on the front yeah, for a while. Yeah. You just got to like turn the heat back up, up, <laughs> yeah. up there. Yeah. Exactly. Warm it back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it still tastes it's good. St- it's still in there. Yeah. 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 That's such, I love that you brought that up because I feel like now more than ever, artists are multi-hyphenate. I agree. Like yeah. I I don't think I meet somebody. It's a very rare occasion that I meet someone and they're like, I only do this one thing. Mm -hmm. And so there is, I mean, I know I struggle with that. I know you struggle with that too, of like, how do you, you know, when you're focused on one thing. So if you're focused on songwriting, Mm -hmm. okay, well, all of a sudden it does feel like, okay, I'm less of a performer. I'm less of an actor or whatever. Um, How, what are some practical ways in which you found to overcome that might not yeah. be the right sure phraseology, but yeah. like be able to uh, reset yourself. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. I mean, I think like you're right that so many people are in this boat now. And I think it's mm-hmm. because we're in the arts and the arts are right. just really hard to break into yeah. in all of those disciplines. So yeah. it's like, it's not like you're a multi-hyphenate, like, oh, I'm a nurse and I write songs. You know, it's like, right. I'm trying to write songs. Hard, right. hard, hard, hard to break into. Yeah. I'm trying to be an actor. Hard to break into. Right. It's like, I'm producing or I'm doing a podcast. It's like, right. all these things are like, trying to like get through the crowd of people. Totally. So it makes sense. I think it makes sense for everyone, every artist's like sanity to have multiple things yes. on the docket. Yes. Because mm. chances are, you're going to be experiencing a drought in one area and a feast in the other area. And to answer your question, a practical thing I have always come back to is like, do my best with whatever's in front of me at the moment. So Mm -hmm. if that's writing songs for walking with bubbles, okay, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability and focus on that. If that means I'm teaching 
uh, baby music classes in the park mm-hmm. and playing yeah. guitar for nannies and moms and two-year-olds. Okay. That's, that's what yeah. I'm going to do my best with right now. Right. Or if I'm waiting tables, it's like, okay. Like I think yeah. that's really what I've just had to come back to. And I've been able to see l- doing conversations like this. When I look back at the last few years of my story, it's like, oh, actually every season even when I felt like I was in this like cave in the dark, like Mm. not making any progress, I always like I've met people or made like some kind of connection or I've grown in some way or I've like, I wouldn't be where I am now without those seasons. Right. And it doesn't feel that way in the moment. But I think another practical question to ask yourself is like, what can I be learning Mm -hmm. in in this moment? Like what, how am I growing? Yeah. How am I different? What is this season asking of me? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are kind of things I come back to. Yeah, it's so good. But I think you have to have like a whole life. I I feel like when I, my like BFA journey, like the big (laughs) thing was like, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then don't pursue music. Like that was like the big like thing. I don't know if they're still saying that now, but, uh, so I always interpreted that as like, okay, like Broadway or bust and like, I remember I I got engaged my senior year of college. And I mean, that was very strange, like for everyone around me, because they were like, that's not what you do. That's not part of the formula. That's Mm, not part of the life plan. Like you, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm building a whole life, baby. Yeah. Like like you gotta be a whole, you gotta have all other things going on. Whole person. Yep. Yep. Human first. Yes. Human first. Oh, I literally got chills. That's you saying that. Human first. Yes. yes. And then that's going to affect all of your art anyway. I was about to say, that makes yes. you a better artist. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, if if one of the points of art is to be able to relate to our humanity, one of our friends, Ryan Dunn, said that. Friend of the podcast, Ryan Dunn. Um, but he uh, he says that a lot. He's like, you know, part, part of art is helping us relate to our humanity. And if we are just musical theater robots, you know, programmed to function in a certain way, then an audience will be able to tell too. For sure. Like the connection will be a lot harder to make. I think. For sure. Oh, Um, and I agree. I've spent the last year kind of on the other side of the table, like mm -hmm. in even casting, like you can, you can tell so yeah, much you can. from a person. And I hate that because I was just like, I always have like thrived in the fact like, they don't know me. They yeah, can't yeah, tell yeah. anything from these 16 bars. <laughs> and I'm can. so sorry to everyone. They, they can. can. They can. <laughs> Often within like the first five seconds. It's crazy. Everybody's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. Sorry. 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 But the truth is like, uh, yeah, like you got to just human first. And I think yeah. I actually think that's a great like line to walk into an audition room with. Yeah. Human first, oh. not musical theater robot. Yeah. Like yeah. you just be a human. Yes. And it, it allows everyone to relax. Yeah. And when then an audition too, it's like, cause we've been on the other side of the table as well. And it's like being able to connect to the other person as a human, like when they walk in, not like being so scared of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing that you forget that they're the people sitting behind the table are people. Yes. And they want to be able to connect with you. For sure. So being able to actually, you know, smile at each other and like say, how was your day? And say, Oh, I spilled my coffee on myself when I was going to the subway. Like those sorts of like just normal everyday interactions that like 
bringing acknowledgement to them, I yeah. feel like gives, yeah. so, it just sucks the like, yeah. I don't know, stuffiness out of the room. Oh my gosh. I have right. to like brag on, uh, Matthew Kunkel directed me in Sunset Boulevard and the audition room. It was the only audition I've ever walked into where he stood up, came up to me and shook my I hand. I love that. And I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know if Matt still does that for all of it. I can't imagine. I love it that. obviously adds so much time to right, your right, day, right, right. but wow. Like I just felt so like valued in that moment. Mm. And it was like a reminder of like, oh, like this is a job interview. Like people, these are just people. I'm just a person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's wait. That's actually really interesting because I, I would think that that helps him too, to like stay focused and like True. actually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, I feel like when you're sitting behind a table for that long, it has to start to feel like you're not even in the room, yeah, <laughs> in mechanical. The room mm-hmm. you know? So that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I, we both went, <gasps> I know. Yeah. No. If way. I ever am a director one day, I'm I'm gonna steal that from him. Yeah, for, sure. for real. For real. <laughs> also, I just have to say that what you were talking about of like looking back at the past few years and seeing all of these um, moments that have like planted seeds for moments that are happening now. That's truly why we decided to to call this seeded productions because ah. when we were when we first started this in 2019, we were just thinking like even if we don't do anything big we just want to plant seeds and like see if they grow I feel like that's always just like our mentality with this it's like that and throwing pasta at the wall literally (laughs) yeah but like that I live by so good right and I was thinking about this in the shower today before I came here I feel like trying to be cool or look cool is like killing the artist's spirit Yes. especially in New York city. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that you're just throwing stuff at the wall and planting seeds because like, that's how we get the good stuff out. Right. right. And if it's like, if you don't ever, and now we're in this social media age where I think people yeah. just feel this extra pressure yes. to do like, like I've, I follow a friend, um, I think Andrew Monty, I think is his last name. He's like posting, he's like, I'm just going to spend a year posting mediocre art. Oh just, my I'm not I love gonna, that. Yeah, I do too. And he's like, I'm not gonna make everything perfect. Yeah. I just wanna make stuff. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we need to make stuff. Like we're artists. We have to just keep that artist spirit working and moving, regardless of if like the content is right. perfect. Super perfect or right. super marketable or makes me look like how you ever gonna like that's how you get good at your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Seeded. Yes. You got to plant seeds. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Um, we, one of our friends, I posted, I've been really trying recently to do a lot more of that. Like, okay, so what I've been thinking about, like, what can I post that's like not perfect? And um, I posted a video of me singing the other day. And then my friend commented um, on it. She sent me a message and was like, in this house, we share our art. Yes. And I, loved that because it was like, oh my gosh, like if we're going to live in an artist community, we should be encouraging each other Mm, to like put ourselves out there and just share what we're working on, even if it 
yeah. isn't perfect. Yeah. And understanding that we all suffer from things like imposter syndrome and like trying to navigate our mm. everyday lives, making money. And, you know, yeah. it, we all are going through maybe a drought in one area, like you said, and maybe abundance in another. Yeah. So in that weird in between, like, let's encourage each other to yeah. like put our stuff out there. For sure. Um, for sure. Cause I agree with you. I think it is. I love that you said it's quell it's like quenching the artist spirit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 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 It's My insane. dad is always like, why are there no like community theaters in New York city? And I'm always like, mm. I don't know because everyone's just trying to do the big, the stuff. big thing. Yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you just, he's like, why don't you ever just like get together with your friends and yeah. just like sing. And it's like, Oh my gosh. I would love to do that, but yeah. 90% of my artist friends would be like, oh no, I don't want to do that. And yeah. that's weird to me. Yeah. That is like Where's a the weird, joy? right. Yeah. So it's like, why are we doing it then? Are you only doing it? I feel like that's like a good gut check. It's like, if you really hate singing yeah. for fun with your friends, <laughs> are, are you, you in the, right? Like, are you in this for the right yeah. reason? Right. Like, are you in it for just and I've had asked myself that too. Totally. Yeah. It's like, am I in it for the accolade or like the, the credit or yeah. like, just cause I love to do this. Right. And right. that little seven year old girl, like that loved to just sing and dance, like, yeah, just make her happy. Like, yeah, yeah oh. it's weird. Okay. I feel like we're like dancing around the second question. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Give us the second one, right? Okay. Brianna, why do you think the arts are important? Oh, what a big question. <laughs> I mean, so many reasons, but I'll ramble until I find some good ones. Love I mean, that. I think they're important because they speak to kind of like what I feel like is an underdeveloped part of kind of going back to that like human spirit thing again in this mm. like modern age. We have so much like content and visual um, stuff thrown at us, but not necessarily beauty mm -hmm. and I think like beauty really matters mm -hmm. uh in yeah. making people feel and contemplate and think mm -hmm. in a way that like just getting the straight information mm -hmm. is just different yeah like right. I think I read somewhere that like metaphor is like the strongest way that humans learn Whoa, like, cool. like through metaphor, that's like one of the strongest ways that we totally. process information. Yeah. And I feel like art is largely like metaphor. Like mm -hmm. it's like through story that we learn. Like there's a reason like we tell stories like to little kids to like teach, teach them, them a lesson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like we still need that mm. as adults. And I think when we get, I think that's why like, <laughs> like the huge influx of just like news and information media culture is like so draining because it's just information, information, information. It's like we're on information like overload right? versus like, oh, if we had like a, like maybe I only want like one little nugget of that information, mm -hmm. but like thrown into some kind of artistic like story, I feel like I would have yeah. such a better grasp on any of those like subjects, politics, government, Right, right. Things that are happening in the world, like totally, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah, and I think the arts just like they just touch on a different part of your heart. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked about like growing up singing in church. Like, there's, I feel like the first time I felt like 
that thing in me, like what I would call like my soul or like my spirit be moved by something or someone outside of me was like through music. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like, you learn, like you learned about God, like growing up, but then like experiencing God, like through a song or like through watching someone like Mm -hmm. sing a song and be like, Oh wow. Like they're really like, Mm. they're experiencing something like different than me just like reading this story or like hearing someone like do a teaching on something. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think it is, so important. Yeah. In my, uh, for my day job, I work as an executive assistant and it's so interesting to me how a lot of times, um, like the two things that get brought up all the time are joy in the workplace, like trying to, you know, like establish, uh, bringing joy back to work. And then the second thing is like, in the why of why this company does different things, being able to tell it as a story. Mm. And it's so like, I sometimes just sit in these meetings and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like what I do in my, I feel like Hannah Montana in my other life as Hannah. (laughs) Um, I'm like, Hey, Beth, the best of both worlds. worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like, I just think about how, to your point exactly, how important stories are just to help it, help life make sense to people Yes, or help, you know, concepts make sense. Cause I'm the same way. I mean, I had a history teacher in high school that like, um, I mean, I just thought history was the most boring subject ever. And then we had this substitute teacher come in and my eyes were opened because she would teach in story and wow. she would show clips of movies that ha- were taking place in this time in history that we were talking about in class. And I like, I mean, history became my favorite subject in like the span of a week just because of how she was teaching mm. it. And it's just like that it, we kind of, um, underestimate the power of metaphor. Like that is such an, I have never heard that, but I'm like, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I think metaphor or like story can help clarify the why. For sure. And so it's like that speaking to what you were just talking about, Rach, with your, with your day job, you know, they're going in here saying like, how do we clarify to our people why we do what we do? Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with history class. Why do we learn history? Here's a metaphor and a story to help you understand why yeah. we certain historical things happened or how we got to where we are now. And I think that maybe to your point, Brianna, maybe story is just, it's like a level up to like clarifying the why and not only you know, the why of like a certain thing, but even the why of why we exist. Totally. I mean, there's, um, I've been talking about Barbie lately a lot. (laughs) Yes. And, um, mostly because I'm obsessed with Greta Gerwig, but at the end of Barbie, sorry, spoilers for, for everybody listening. Um, if you need to, if you haven't seen it by now, fast forward. Yeah. Yeah, If you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong with you anyway? Um, (laughs) but the, uh, at the end, you know, Barbie has to make the decision whether or not she's going to be human. Yeah. Which Life Size did it first anyway. Totes. Um, <laughs> totally, totally. Whoa. Tyra, Tyra did it Tyra. first. Oh, yeah. Tyra did it first. <laughs> anyway, side note. But um, at the end, 
when she's trying to make the decision on whether or not she's going to become human underneath the, you know, this moment in the film is a song, uh, Billie Eilish's song and it's called, what am I made for? And I always, I found that so interesting totally because in this culmination of this film where the big question of the entire film is why, yeah. why do we exist and what is our purpose? Yeah. That's the whole question that the film is asking. But it took an entire movie of Barbie being ridiculous <laughs> and all of these crazy like events happening that is so otherworldly to be able to get to that question. Yes. And yes. I find that so interesting. And how effective, because I think like, I remember being like, why am I crying? And then as I was talking to people after the movie, everybody was like, yeah, did you cry during Barbie? Because I cried during Barbie. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, like this affected a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and in probably different ways. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing I think that telling stories like you don't just get one why you, right like we yes. can all watch the same thing and draw different conclusions mm -hmm. or like certain things will stick with us or like be more real to us right um yeah which makes it just more multi-layered and multifaceted in a world where i feel like nuance is just shrinking by the minute yeah. every day so story allows us to kind of live in that gray area right. and, and think mm. in multiple ways and not just be spoon fed like a particular point of view, but then get like multiple ways of looking at something. Right. And yeah, explore those two big questions. Like, why am I here? And what, what was I made for? Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. We got to move on. Yeah. Okay. Um, what keeps you grounded as a human, Brianna? <laughs> <laughs> another really easy question yeah. oh another really, really easy one easy ones yeah oh that is actually a question i have been learning the real answer to this year cool i feel like that's such a like church girl so like yeah. you have like your sunday school answers right to things yeah. where it's like the on paper answer and then it's like yeah. the, okay but like what's the what is totally yeah. totally yeah. so i feel like anyone that's asked that question what keeps you grounded there's like my brain goes to like the easy answer but yeah um so like my sunday school easy answer would be my faith mm -hmm. and my community but then the hard answer is like okay but how much am i letting both of those things actually in and yeah. actually ground me yeah or am i just totally. saying that those are my grounding things mm -hmm. so uh with all of these like it has been a really big last couple of years uh career wise and mm -hmm. i have been struggling the most i ever have been emotionally which mm -hmm. has been such like a strange thing mm -hmm. to be experiencing of like wait but, wait but it's all <laughs> yeah. going so well yeah, oh wait wow. but i'm getting all these things that i've always wanted right and i'm a mess wow. inside wow. so then again like back to what like you yeah. just said it's like what was i made for um it's like okay so where am i in all of this and why am i feeling all of these things fear and anxiety and comparison and um, how do I get grounded? So I mm -hmm. think this year, um, my faith's always been a huge part of my 
life and my existence because it was part of my life from such a young age that mm-hmm. it's almost just like embedded in how I see the world. Right. Yeah. But this year particularly, I turned 29 and I feel like I'm learning how to practice my faith in a whole new way that mm-hmm. is more real and practical and like mm. needed than it has ever been. Yeah. And I know faith looks different for a lot of different people. Um, but for me, I I don't want to like say I'm part of, I don't want to say I like follow a certain way of belief just for the sake of it. Like what's the yeah, point of that? Right. Like if people yeah. are like, you know, I don't want to just like check the box. I want to actually, I want to actually live as though it is real. Right. Like yeah. that is the point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's the point in saying I'm a Christian or I have faith if it doesn't actually affect my life. Right. Yes. Totally. So, so I feel like this year, not that it's not affected my life up until now, of course, right. but um, I've had a lot of moments this year where I've needed that. It's so interesting that you use that exact word, like the grounding, mm. like the rootedness that comes from knowing who I am, knowing what my value is, not in accolades or people's attention that I happen to have at a moment, mm. but like in that I'm a child of God and that God's approval matters more than all these other people is like the big mm. grounding lesson that I'm learning yeah. this year and learning how to like surrender, uh, <laughs> surrender the future, surrender the present. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dealing with anxiety and like panic attack type of stuff yeah. and just learning like, the practical ways to combat that and also like the spiritual, emotional yeah. ways to combat it, which are both important. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like bo- they're downplayed by both sides yes. and you really need both. They work hand in hand. Yeah, they work yeah. hand in hand. So um, yeah, definitely uh, my relationship with God and also just like community. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it's so underrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So underrated especially for i feel like our age bracket and now you know in new york city people are getting married later and later having kids later and later so you when you get married and you have kids you kind of have a little bit of like a built-in network because of just the nature of like your kids all go to the same school you're all on the playground Mm -hmm. but -hmm. when you're like in your 20s early 30s and that's not part of your story yet the city can be very lonely yeah and anywhere but like And I think people, you know, you leave college where you have this built-in community and Mm -hmm. then you're kind of like, okay, wait, what do I do now? Totally, (laughs) totally. Um, So I think just like being open with people in my life faster, being Mm. quicker to open up, being quicker to be honest, to build good, fruitful relationships faster than to just have a bunch of surface level relationships. Totally. Has been a big thing for me. Just, just open it up. Right. Just get there. I, I mean, that's like my big thing. I, I probably overshare, yeah. honestly, with people. No, no. But I'm like, I'm kind of just like, well, I don't, uh, why waste time? Right. Like, you're well, probably a like mess too. Whole, so like human, yeah, honestly. Yeah, honestly. truly. Truly say that. It's like the whole human first thing though. It's yeah. kind of like, why, why? I feel that way all the time. I'm like, why would I just like, I play pretend in other parts of my life. Like, yeah, for work. <laughs> so why would I play pretend with people yeah. when that's like it just can end up being a little soul sucking? Well, and it and it takes investment. 
and oh, that's yeah. the other thing like it's hard work it, it is. is it's hard work and it's time yeah. and sacrifice and no one likes to talk about that yeah. part of friendship yeah. it's not all about you yeah. like you oh, have to be willing to like yep. lay yourself down if you want good community mm-hmm. and you want good friendships and you have to be willing to put the sacrifice in yeah if yeah you and want it's it gonna be clunky and clumsy like yeah. i've been thinking about that a lot that like most of the things that are worth our time in life are like cl- a little clumsy and they take a long time. Yes. Like it takes a long, it, it does. It takes a long time to establish like friends where you feel understood and seen and known, but it's so, it's so worth it. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And there's such a like, you know, it, I was talking with a friend, um, the other day and we were talking about this thing and I was just like, she was like, I, I don't know if, um, I have like really close friendships. And I was like, girl, like to go back to reiterate y'all's point of like, it's hard. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. And being able to say, okay, I am choosing this group of people and therefore I am choosing to put myself out there as is like, I don't think because we grow up in a, in where we have, we have friends from school. If you go to church, you have friends from church, you go to your community theater, you have friends there. There are all these kind of like built in places where you just like accumulate friends as you grow up. And then as an adult, we have to, it's a conscious effort Effort, totally to be like, I am spending time with this person. I am when I could be doing 18 other things, you know, or I'm emotionally available to this person, even though I know it's a risk. Yeah. You know, like these are very thought out things. And I, and I think it would benefit all of us to be like, oh, maybe I should like consciously put in more intentionality in these community, in this community, within these relationships, whatever. And all that again, goes back to affecting your art. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Exactly. (laughs) Amen and amen. Okay. Brianna, we're going to try and get through these last two pretty quick. Okay. So what person, place or experience has shaped you the most creatively? (laughs) Ready, set, go. Okay. There's like so many things I could talk about. I'm only going to talk about two. Okay. My parents, for sure. Mm. Uh, Just like, I know that I'm so, I don't talk about this very often because I think I've taken it so for granted that my parents fostered my creative spirit at such a young age and just Mm. invested time in me, money in me, just like allowing me to explore a lot of different things um, creatively and just like, I didn't know how important that was until I saw or have had friends who did not have that experience right? Yeah. and have parents that are really hard on that creative spirit. So definitely them. And then obviously them being artists themselves, like just being inspired um, mm. by them. My dad's a vocalist and my mom's an amazing pianist. Um, so yeah, them. Cool. And then my college experience, um, I went to CCM, which sometimes can have a little bit of a bad rap as far as just like, intense intense sure. program yeah, sure. yeah very yeah. intense like bfa program but i loved my college experience and it was the first time uh you know you're like on your own two feet and figuring out like who you are yeah. as a person away from everything you've ever known and 
Oh my gosh. I just feel like, like I look back with such fond memories at that time of mm. just like teachers pouring into you and you getting to like get back up and try again and yeah. fall down and get back up and try yeah. again yeah. without like it affecting your, like now when you're doing your career, that yeah. feels a lot harder. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't want to fall down too many times or maybe exactly. I'm never going to get hired again. But like in college, oh, just to get that, you yeah. never get that again. Yeah, no. And it's very special. So I always tell like seniors that are going to school, I'm like just savor Soak this time. Up. Yeah. Because you're getting all this stuff and yes, you're paying thousands of dollars for it, but like yeah. just eat it up yeah. because yeah, yeah. there's never going to be an environment like this again. Yeah. Um, um, I'm yeah. so with you on that. Yeah. I truly talked to a senior the other day and I was like, just enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> She's the like, best. I can't wait to move here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard <laughs> no. out here, kid. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the last question is what yes. book, play or film do you think every person should read or watch? Uh, okay. I have, I'm such a book girly, Yeah, but I will, I should like, should have wrote them down. What's coming to mind most recently that has been like life changing. Well, I think everyone in New York city, even if you're not a person of faith should read the ruthless elimination of hurry yeah, it's so by good. John Mark Comer. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah. It transformed my life in a season that I was all my whole life was defined by hurrying. Mm -hmm. And as artists, I think we can get our whole timeline defined yeah. by hurrying. So oh, yeah. ruthless elimination of hurry. Um, there's also a great book called Walking on Water yeah. by Madeline yeah. Engel. <gasps> so good. Oh, we love, we oh, love her. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. And that book is so good and was like the beginning of a spiritual and artistic awakening mm. I read during the pandemic. And I wrote so many songs after I read that book. <gasps> yes, I love that. Um, yeah, it's just... Just okay. so good. Walking Those, on water. Walking on water. Those would be my two. Okay. My two racks. Yes. Okay. So before we end our podcast, I just have to bring it around to Carol real quick. Oh, Carol. Because you're, <laughs> you're playing Carol King. Can you just talk about, can you just talk about it? Like, I what can. does that mean to you? Are you so excited? I am. I'm and literally feeling like, a tear come up in my eye. It's like, this is, <laughs> talk about seeds being planted. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is something that has been you know, yeah. in the works yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So like you read that bio at the beginning and that makes me sound really fancy, but the truth is that like <laughs> I have been busting my butt in this city for nearly eight years mm -hmm. auditioning and I moved here to be an actor and yeah. like to bring it full circle, like, yes, the last three years of my multi-hyphenate journey have been focused on songwriting, but, um, this is like my first love and, yeah. uh, I don't have my equity card. I've never, I have not played a leading lady since I was in college. Yeah. So this is like such a huge moment of like all those little seeds that have been planted, like finally, finally growing. Yeah. Um, I like beautiful what came out, I think my senior year of college and I sang uh, beautiful for my senior showcase oh my and uh, have been auditioning for many, many, many productions since then. Yeah. And yeah, finally, uh, finally get to do it. And it's like 20 minutes from my hometown. Oh, oh my gosh. To be so home fun. for the holidays. Yeah. I get my equity card. It's truly a divine 
timing. Wow. Thing. I'm like, I'm getting teared up listening it's to this. It's really that is crazy. So cool. It's really crazy. I love that. And I am so thrilled. She's such, it's such a good role and it's such a good show. Yeah. And now you have like all of these years too of like experience as a singer songwriter. Right. That you're just going to apply. Oh my gosh. It's very wild. I feel I, so I feel incredibly like grateful. I need to let the podcasters know. I'm just watching two singer songwriters <laughs> like, like their like spirits like connect in a new way. And I'm over here like, oh my gosh. Oh my Listen, gosh. and we didn't it's... even branch into our shared love of Sarah Bareilles. So oh. I know. Yeah. She's There's like gonna be Carol musical about her life. <laughs> oh, oh yes, my gosh. Really. I feel like Carol walked so Sarah could oh, sprint. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like they're 100%. like so adjacent. They are. Um, yes. And thus you two as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Rihanna, where can people find you on social slash? <gasps> they can find, oh, there's just a fly on my mind. So no way. Um, <laughs> I was like, let me like not swallow a, uh, a fly. They can find me on the Instagram at Brianna underscore Barnes underscore. Love. Or my website at Brianna-Barnes.com. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> Y'all gotta, you all, you gotta follow Brianna on Instagram because it's amazing. It's you so can awesome. also listen to the Rathskeller cast album or, or concept <gasps> yes. album, I should say, on Spotify. And probably by the time this podcast comes out, the Walking with Bubbles oh my original cast album Come on. will be out. So go listen to that. Stream it. Stream it up for us. Wow. And if you're so in cool. Florida, right? If you're in Florida in January, come see Beautiful yeah. at the Maltz Jupiter Theater. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else that we're missing? That... <laughs> I don't think so. Oh my word. We love you. We we're love so excited that you're this here. This is so awesome. And Thank you guys you are so great. For, I feel like we could have gone over. We, we could have. We could do another hour. Yeah, okay. Truly, truly. Another time. Another yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We love you. Thanks guys for listening to the For the Makers podcast and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the For the Makers podcast. To find out more about Seated Productions, you can visit our website at www.seatedproductions.com and follow us on Instagram at seated.productions. And if you love what we do and want to support us, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or by following the link in our podcast description. Until next time, listen well and tell stories.